Welcome to the Bohemian Rose podcast. I'm sitting here with my laptop and a microphone, and I'll be really honest. I recorded this episode a couple days ago, and when I went back to edit it, none of the audio was saved, so I had to record it again. So I recorded it again. I think I used the words like and um about a million times and decided to just completely delete all the audio. So this is my third attempt to record this episode. It's probably my 100th attempt to record the intro. Those of you who've listened to the past two episodes, or at least one of the past episodes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's nice to know that people are listening. Um, Those of you who have reached out, thank you for reaching out. Those of you that commented about the dog, the dog is not in the room with me today and will not be in the room, but I can hear her pacing outside the door, so it makes me chuckle a little bit. To give you a little introduction to this third episode, this is my first dabble in dating or online dating, just dating in general, and I have affectionately named this episode The Seven Layers of Hell. seven layers of hell. Well, let me tell you from my experience. I'm just going to name them off in order. Persuasion, promotion, curation, deception, flirtation, nauseation, and evacuation. A few years into my self-imposed monastic life, I figured it was finally time to put myself out there that maybe I was in a place where I could handle the potential rejection and maybe I would meet somebody, maybe I could find someone to have some experiences with. And I'm not necessarily talking about sexual experiences. I'm just saying someone to go to the movies with, have dinner with, spend some time at the beach together, just anything that was an experience. Because my thought has always been that Life is just a series of experiences, and they're a lot more fun when they're shared, and that was my thought. So, level one, persuasion. I had to convince myself that putting together some sort of online dating profile was the thing to do. I was not really 100% on board with the whole idea. I had no idea what other women's profiles looked like. I just knew that I was going to be judged off of my photographs and off of what I wrote in a bio. And that made me feel really uncomfortable because the second layer of hell for me was promotion. I'm an amazing photographer and I can barely sell my photo work in terms of promoting it and being a brand. So the idea of having to sell myself like that was so counterintuitive to who I am. Because my whole thought with photography, and I've always had this mindset, is that a picture is worth a thousand words, or my work speaks for itself. But here I am having to like put together this profile that is somehow going to be interesting to somebody else, and I didn't want to come across as snobby or sarcastic because sarcasm is lost in 
translation most of the time. I, I wanted to be kind of charming and interesting and I've lived in a bunch of different countries and I would think that writing about that would make me seem interesting but it didn't you know it can't be too wordy it can't be too short and actually I don't think anybody reads any of that shit that people write. I tried to put together a profile that was interesting and putting together photos I mean I don't have any pictures of myself. I'm always behind the camera. I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera anymore. It's a quality control issue with having people photograph me because I photograph other people and I make them look really good. Very few people photograph me and make me look really good right now. Plus, I was still of the mindset where I wasn't particularly happy with the way that I looked. And I think a lot of that still was coming from inside with all of the internal hurt and damage that was done. So my profile, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the best profile out there, but I didn't have any cleavage photos or duck lip photos because I don't think I've ever taken a photo with duck lips. Promotion and promoting myself made me feel really uncomfortable and didn't really feel all that authentic to me as a person. Which brings me to curation. Not only am I putting this profile out there for other people to judge, but I, you know, you get to look through and decide who looks interesting to you. Now, I will say that if you're on any sort of dating site, it is so much more fun to go through men's photos with a friend. Really, it is. Because you will laugh your ass off looking at the photos and reading some of the stuff. But I, you know, I'm judging people based primarily on the first photo that I see. And I've talked to a male friend of mine, a really good friend, and his theory has always been someone's absolute worst photo is really what they look like. So it's like you look at the worst photo and you're like, okay, am I interested in that person? Or would I find that person interesting? In a lot of ways, I felt like a forensic photographer where I was looking at images and trying to date them, which I'm actually pretty good at. But I would look at these photos of men, and you could clearly tell that the photos were more than five, six, seven years old based on the grain and the clothes and like the color palette of the clothes. So that was kind of interesting. But what I also found really interesting with the curation process of going through and looking at all of these guys is that a lot of people have photos from when they were 20 in college or right out of college. And I would never put photos of myself from my modeling days. One reason, because I, I mean, I'm still looking, I still look like the same person, but I'm not in my early 20s. And it's just, it's so weird. What do you look like now? Like, that's the big question. Like, what do you look like now? Also, a lot of guys had photos with their kids, and you could clearly see their children's faces, which I thought was really weird. So anyone that had like their children's photos, I wasn't interested. Anyone that had their primary photo as a photo from 20 years ago, not interested in that either. And people who are in a group shot, come on, you can't even tell who you are when every shot is a group shot with a bunch of people, just to have one photo so someone can see what you look like. The curation process, I was visually, I think, looking for someone that may have been the complete opposite of my ex-husband. 
But I also was really open to anybody of any shade, color of skin, because it's a big world out there. We live in Los Angeles, and I just was open to pretty much meeting anyone who looked remotely interesting. Hand in hand with curation is deception. And this was really interesting. So my search area, I started pretty close to home. And I would always do something based on within a certain mile range just because it's LA, traffic sucks. What I found in the matches that I was, get, uh, that I was getting, one match was a, a dad that I know who my children were really good friends with his kids. And he's married. And it said in his profile that he was married and only available on certain days because he's married. So he was honest with that. But as far as I know, and obviously I don't, I'm not privy to everything that happens in his relationship with his wife, who I'm friends with, I don't think they have an open relationship. I don't think they're dating other people or they were dating other people. I don't think that was part of the deal. I came across a lot of people who said they were in open relationships, which to me feels a lot like cheating. But my question for those people, and not that I was ever involved with anyone or interested in someone who was in an open relationship, because coming out of my relationship, that just seemed like it was way too complicated for me to even deal with. But does your spouse know it's an open relationship? So that's my question. These people that say they're in open relationships, is their spouse aware of the fact that they are in an open relationship? Because I think people are using that as an umbrella term to hide from the fact that they are actually cheating on their wives or their husbands or whoever it is they're married to. I came across the one dad who stated he was married and I was shocked. Then I came across another dad who listed his age as early 50s. And I just about fell off my chair. The guy is over the age of 65. He's either 65, at the time he was either 65 or 66. He was in his early 50s 15 years ago. And he was divorced. I knew he was divorced. But he was also dating somebody in a hardcore relationship. And he's online showing, like, saying that he's in his early 50s. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is too much for me to handle. Then people just lying about their age. Like there's so much deception in these profiles. So you either have guys that are in their late 20s lying and saying that they're close to 40, which I don't know why anyone in their right mind would want to age themselves up 10 years. And then you have these guys that are right around 60 saying that they're in their 50s. And that I can sort of understand, but I mean, you can really tell in an image when someone looks like they're 60 versus 50. I don't care what sort of shape they're in. Also, there are the guys that have had more work done on their faces than any girlfriend I have. And I mean, most of my girlfriends don't have anything done to their faces, but these are guys that you can tell they have like fillers and Botox and lip injections and they're coloring their hair and it looks so unnatural. And the whole thing is just really off. The deception part was just, I found that to be really the most entertaining out of all of it. If you're on any of these sites long enough and you do eventually connect with someone with a hey or a hello, then 
it gets flirty really, really quickly for the most part. And I have a problem with that, the whole flirtation thing. I have a hard enough time flirting with someone in real life, let alone in virtual world with words that have no tone and there's no voice. And also, I would rather have a conversation with someone straight off the bat than send a bunch of text messages back and forth because someone's voice is can be a complete you know deal breaker depending on what they sound like. An annoying voice, there's no way around it. And I'm not saying I have a great voice. I'm just saying that there are certain voices that you're like, mm, no, can't do that. But the flirtation aspect, good heavens. Like these people seriously go from hello to sexting in, I don't know, two little bubbles of a conversation. It goes so quickly. But in my whole thing with my seven layers of hell, I didn't really have like the flirtation aspect with this person, but I had corresponded enough with someone via messages on, I think it was match.com. And we decided that we were going to meet in person. So for me, this was going to be the first time that I actually met someone from the online world in person. And I was kind of excited. I was really nervous, but I was also excited thinking that, well, there's, you know, the potential for an interesting evening, for an interesting experience, just meeting someone for a drink. It's not a big deal. The guy happened to live in Santa Monica. I lived in Santa Monica and the place was about a mile away where we were going to meet, we were going to meet for a drink. I had no idea what to wear. Again, I got some unsolicited advice about show some cleavage, dress kind of sexy. I think someone told me to wear a dress. I was like, hell no, not going to do it. Not going to be wearing a dress, not going to be wearing heels, probably a low ankle boot, a pair of jeans. And I can't remember what I was wearing. So anyhow, we made plans to meet. And I think the girls were in high school, so I I think they were obviously home and alone, home alone by themselves, but it wasn't a big deal because they were both high school students. Get myself together, I drive up to the restaurant where we're going to meet for a drink and like one side is the bar and the other side is the restaurant. And I can see the guy, recognize him from his photos. He looks like his photos, he's wearing a beanie because he's bald and that seems to be the LA thing to do that if you don't have hair, every single shot on your profile is in a beanie and a baseball cap, which is totally fine. I get it, protect the skin on your head, but at night it was really unnecessary to wear a beanie and frankly, guys with shaved heads or who are bald, who don't wear beanies and stuff, it's, it's sexy, like it's cool looking, you know, just own what you have. I meet this guy, you know, we have a short introduction, I decide to order craft beer, and I think he ordered a beer as well, and I think the drinks came, I took maybe a couple sips, he took a few sips, I have no idea what we were talking about, but I feel like all of these online dating things, and this is just from past experience as well, so not at this point in time, but so this was my first time, but it almost feels like a job interview. It almost feels like you're interviewing with somebody. But we were maybe there sitting together for about four minutes before he said, I need to use a restroom. And I said, okay. So I was sitting there by myself. I'd never been to this bar before, bar slash restaurant. Sitting there by myself. He comes out about four, maybe five minutes later. And he put $20 on the table. He said, 
I'm not feeling well. I'm going or I'm going home or I'm out of here or something like that and left. And I was sitting there by myself. I was like, okay, I just made someone physically ill. My presence just made a person physically ill, which is level six nauseation. I felt nauseous. I was sitting there by myself and it's kind of clear sometimes when you have someone sitting in a bar or a restaurant alone waiting for another person to come that they're waiting for someone and you can make this whole mental story of like oh well, they're probably on a first date or a date or whatever and the person shows up they're there for three minutes and then they bolt I wanted to disappear I wish I could have vanished into thin air because I was so embarrassed and I was mortified and all I kept thinking is I just made a person physically ill. And remember, this is the first time that I decided to put myself out there, meet somebody in person, and now I'm sitting at this bar slash restaurant alone at a high table with a beer in front of, with actually two beers in front of me, and money to pay for the two beers, and I felt horrible. It was the worst experience then came the seventh layer of hell, evacuation. I think I had maybe three or four sips of that beer and then I was out of there. And I went home and I immediately deleted my profile from Match.com and I did not put up another profile on an online dating site for at least two years. I was in like a fragile state to begin with not feeling 100% great about myself, convincing myself that this was going to be a way to meet people. And my first experience just blew up in my face. And I never heard from that guy again. Not a text message. I'm so sorry I wasn't feeling well. Not a phone call, which actually a phone call would have been nicer than a text message. But nothing, nothing. That was my first experience in online dating. And I truly felt like it was seven layers of hell. The whole thing from start to finish. I know that there are a lot of people out there that have success with online dating and for me this was my first attempt, my little dabbling in the world of online dating and it was a complete shit show as one of my friends would say. So nothing good came out of this. I felt horrible about myself. I felt like I was so repulsive that I just made you know, I would make any man feel ill if they were around me. And so back to monastic life, I would go. What's funny is that my whole thought was, it's better to go out and have an experience than be home, not doing anything. But in this case, I wish I was, I had stayed at home in a pair of sweats, watching Netflix and petting the dog and tucking the girls into bed because that would have been way more fulfilling and way more fun than feeling like I was completely nauseating to a member of the opposite sex. Obviously, it wasn't the right time for me to be putting myself online in any way, shape, or form but I did take it personally. I'm over it now. I still think it's a really funny story that this was my first online dating experience 
And I know everybody has some sort of online dating horror story. This just happens to be mine. But when I decided to put together the, the show, the podcast for today, and I was listing out these different aspects of basically online dating, it, it still stirs up a little bit of nausea for me. I can't believe that everything happened the way that it did. That is the end of this podcast, the end of this episode, and I just want to say have a beautiful week. Thank you so much for listening, and I will have some new content next week. It'll be a big mystery what it is because I haven't decided for my list of extensive things I can pull from, but thank you so much, and we will chat soon.